Hello and welcome to the RadioTimes.com Doctor Who podcast. My name's Hugh. My name's Morgan. I'm back. He's back and bigger than ever. No, he's, he's, he's the same size. It's really awesome. Look, it's been, a, it's been a long and harsh lockdown, all right? It's true. Uh, but no, Morgan's back. Uh, and in special recognition of Morgan's return and in recognition of the day that we're recording this, which is the day before it goes out on various channels, uh, we are celebrating Peter Davison, the fifth doctor, because Peter Davison turned 70 on uh, Tuesday, the 13th of April, 2021. If you're listening to this in the future. Uh, which is the day that we're recording this podcast. Uh, it'll be up slightly after, but still, Peter Davison is 70. And that's a bit crazy because Peter Davison was always the really young doctor. He mm. was one of the, he was the youngest until Matt Smith, I think. Um, mm. And he was very youthful. That was sort of the point of him was, you know, he was, you know, Tom Baker had been in the role for such a long time and just sort of definitely kind of made it his own, you know, in a kind of real like iconic I mean, that word is overused, but he really was iconic in his look mm. and his style and kind of, he was known around the world. And then to follow that, it was probably quite, I don't know, quite daunting. I'm, I, I, I can't really think, beyond maybe Matt Smith in the modern series, I can't really think of a time when, like, you've had bigger shoes to fill as a new Doctor coming in. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think Matt Smith is actually a really good uh, reference point because certainly at that period in the show's history, I think Peter Davison had the hardest job that any mm. new doctor had had um you know previously you'd had uh, a relatively quick turnover of doctors you'd had you know, every every three or four years you'd had a new doctor um whereas with with tom tom baker having stayed in the role for seven years there were children watching uh, doctor who that had never known any other doctor so not only was he you know in- incredibly popular um, arguably at the time, it's sort of the most popular Doctor there had ever been, but he'd been playing that role for so long that he was the Doctor to many people, not just the the latest in a long line. So for then for the for Peter Davison to kind of have to step up and and take on that mantle, um, it is definitely I think the closest comparison you could make in terms of new who is Matt Smith, who was uh, following on from from David Tennant's hugely successful run. Um, interesting that in in both instances they went for the youngest ever doctor yeah. um i think the contrast isn't quite as as marked between Tennant and smith as it is from uh, baker to davison but yeah peter davison was 29 when he took it on um which it, i've never <laughs> it hasn't happened yet where a doctor has been cast who is younger than me at the time they were cast now i'm now i'm uh, i'm in my 30s so both peter davison and matt smith were younger than me when they were cast but it's going to happen eventually where a doctor is, is cast in their 20s now and that'll make me feel really really old but yeah i think matt smith was something like 27 um but yeah peter davison took on that mantle and it could have been disastrous but actually credit to him what he you know he took it in a totally uh different direction to what Tom Baker had done. And I think, although, as you say, Tom Baker is this iconic classic series doctor, a lot of what Peter Davison did in the 80s, you still feel the impact of that now, giving us the more the more youthful, the more dashing doctor. Definitely. Um, I'm gonna give some, give some facts, some Peter Davison facts for anyone who's listening. Uh, so Peter Davison uh, started in 1982 um, and his first regular appearance was in Castro Velva. Uh, which was the famous uh, regeneration scene with the with all the papier mache lying in the field, the, the classic, as I'm sure the fans remember. 
Um, and then he left in 1984 um, in the caves of Androzani. Um, so two years, not the longest uh, tenure of doctors. I think it was that was the one that um, I think that David Tennant specifically wanted to be, I think, which he pretty handily did. Uh, and then his companions included um, the ill-fated Adric, uh, Nyssa, Tegan, Turlow, Chameleon and Perry. Um, so, yeah, quite, quite, I mean, they packed quite a lot in. It was 69 episodes in those two years. It's one of those funny things when the, the rumours were around about Jodie Whittaker um, possibly leaving, we were saying it's like she's not really been here, um, you know, long enough. And she's been here longer than two years, but she's not done 69 episodes. She's done about like what, 23 or something. <laughs> uh, and obviously the yeah. episodes were shorter back then, but I mean, she's probably done a similar number of stories, I guess, but obviously the stories are shorter. So yeah, anyway, but I think, I, but I think my, my point is I, I was quite shocked um, to kind of just see written down, because I'm not such an expert on the classic series. Um, I've seen some stuff, but just to see, you know, I know what an impact his doctor had. And like you said, he's so influential today. The fact that he was only doing it for two years, I mean, after Tom Baker as well, who'd been doing it for such a long time. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, it's impressive really. I guess it's I guess it's three years total, really, when you've got the sort of 82, 83, 84. So, but, but, he, but he left like he started on January 1982 and he left in March 1984. So it is basically. OK, two so years only, a, yeah, only a little over over two years, I think. Um, yeah, certainly coming after Tom, um, he wasn't looking to to match that record. But I uh, Peter Davison has spoken about getting advice from uh, Patrick Trout on the second doctor who had told him only do three years or three series um because as you say he did pack it in he did uh yeah season 19 season 20 and season 21 mm. um all in that all in that period and across that that period uh peter davison really did you know very quickly establish himself as a very different uh doctor that kind of yeah youthful dashing much more vulnerable certainly than than later um tom baker that kind of his the fourth doctor became increasingly kind of all-knowing um and, and, and all-powerful and untouchable and then peter davison gave it that that real sense of kind of vulnerability that something actually really bad could happen to the doctor that he wasn't always always in control um and i think in his best stories you know, i think some of the best ones you've got um earth shock from from season 19 which is the the story in which adric dies spoiler alert um and you've got caves of androzani which is his final story from from season 21 and in both of those it's the it's the doctor really like up against it re and and there's a real kind of sense that a sense of um foreboding of impending doom that actually something really bad might happen here the doctor might not get out of this one um, and in both instances, actually, something bad really does happen because in one, a companion dies, and the other one, essentially, the doctor dies. Um, so I feel like he, he brought a, a real sense of kind of renewed uh, jeopardy and, and excitement to Doctor Who. I mean, we talk about Adric now as like he's the companion who died, right? Like mm. that is something that kind of still stands. You've sort of had it technically happen a couple of times with people and you've had sort of people leave in quite tragic circumstances but I feel like he's still I mean he was definitely the first but he's still the first and I think more or less the only two just dies in one of the adventures and is just dead right mm. yeah I mean there was a companion uh this Katarina from the 1960s who uh she died in the Daleks master plan but had only been aboard the TARDIS 
she'd only joined in the previous story. So it was a bit more of a sort of Adam Mitchell situation mm-hmm. where it's like, does that, you know, in terms of certainly like a series regular, like a, a proper long runner um, going out, Adric was the, was the first. Um, and it was, it was really daring. And as you say, it's kind of set the trend now um, that, that it kind of, for the first time, made it clear that something like that could happen. And it's just one of the ways in which the fifth doctor um, really did set a trend. You know, we talked about him being an influence on, on new series doctors uh, Stephen Moffat has said that um I think he said that Peter Davison was one of if not his favorite doctor certainly I think he mm. said that he thinks in his opinion Peter Davison is the best actor um to have ever played the role um and David Tennant as well um before they were um father and son-in-law which is a yeah. whole whole different thing um peter, uh, david tennant was a was a fan of, of doctor who watching peter davison and i think both in how stephen moffat writes the doctor and and in how david tennant plays the doctor um you can definitely see the 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 impact of the fifth doctor and with with time crash when they brought the fifth doctor back you got to see that um very explicitly referenced in these sort of fourth wall breaking scenes where uh, the tenth Doctor is is saying, you, you know, you were my Doctor, and I I copied you, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah, because with the with the glasses and mm. uh, things like that. Yeah, because we were yeah. going to talk a bit about Time Crash. Because so I I haven't seen much Fifth Doctor stuff. Um, it's mm. a bit of a hole in my Doctor Who knowledge, um, and so Time Crash was pretty much, I think, one of the first times I saw him like in something. If that makes sense, like I'd seen clips mm. and stuff. Um, whereas I, you know, like I watched quite a lot of John Pertwee, which was for some reason repeated when I was growing up, but um, I sort of had big gaps. And yeah, so it was quite interesting watching that because basically b- before we started recording, you, you kind of asked me what it was like seeing that as someone who didn't know him. And actually, I think the thing that the show did very well, well, the the sketch, which I think Stephen Moffat wrote, uh, Time mm. Crash, um, was those similarities. It kind of, the thing that I think New Who has always done quite well with the, with the old series is kind of framing it in a way that you can understand while not having seen the older series. Mm. For example, like, you know, you don't need to know all about the Time Lords. It's sort of explained in a, in a clever way. And with this, it was very much like, you get who the Fifth Doctor is because it's the Tenth Doctor meeting him and you sort of see those similarities. Like if you were just someone who just tuned into that on Comic Relief or whatever it was, you kind of get, you know that there's been previous Doctors you know, the little, the reference to like, oh, wait, you look much older now. Oh, it's because of time magic, you know, um, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't need, that's for the fans. You don't need that. Like yeah. whoever's watching just gets the idea that this is like a doctor who's a bit like our doctor, one of the older ones. Like you kind of just get it. And I think it was something that's done, but was done really well. And to be honest, I kind of feel like it would be quite cool to see him back in the series again. I mean, as you know, obviously it's a bit tricky with the classic series doctors because they age more visibly, but it, it doesn't necessarily matter. Like, you know, we've seen multi-doctor stories before where people have clearly like got different hair colors and stuff and you kind of just go along with it like two doctors. And mm. I feel like, like you said, of all the doctors, I feel like he's the one I'd be most interested to kind of see come back. He's actually, I was going to say, I thought he was the one of the, the only Doctor Who star that I'd seen, the only doctor I'd seen on stage, but that's actually not true. <laughs> like at all. Because I saw uh, David Tennant do Richard II. But I saw, when I went to see Legally Blonde the musical, uh, oh, yeah. he he was the uh, law professor the horrible one um and he had a song a solo it's called like blood blood in the water 
the only song, one of only two songs from that musical I remember. And you know what? He was really good. Did a really good American accent. I was very impressed. And I saw him again at the um, Doctor Who Symphonic Spectacular, whatever they call it. Yes. One of the sort of hosted. concert things. Yeah, and he hosted yeah. that. And he was very good at that as well. Um, I remember I remember interviewing Peter Davison about that. And he was like really, really excited to be doing it. <laughs> like it's a strange one where you think actors, some actors would think, no, I'm an actor and I don't do this and I don't do that. But I remember how um, how excited he was to, to take on that kind of that host role and host this big uh, theatrical event and you know all of the doctors um yeah they're, they're still involved in, in in terms of like fan conventions and and big finish and so on but it does feel like um not least because his son-in-law is the 10th doctor and his daughter is the doctor's daughter <laughs> and all those very strange family connections they have there but like it really does feel as though um you know time crash i know it was a while ago now but it's a it's a, an example of how peter davison does still seem uh, really, really engaged with Doctor Who and enthusiastic about it. Definitely. I think like, I think maybe because he is used to that kind of onstage showmanship and stuff, like he's mm. quite good at that. I feel like maybe he's almost had a more public facing role as a sort of elder statesman doctor than some of the others have, you know, because he's, you know, he's, he's only just turned 70. Like he's still mm. relatively young and everything. Like he's kind of had these sort of hosting gigs and obviously, obviously a lot of them do big finish now, you know, but basically all the surviving classic doctors do big finish, don't they? Um, mm. But he, you know, has done it for a long time and, you know, very successfully and has carried on in lockdown, I think. Um, so yeah, I feel like he's one of those people who's like, you, you say any, any ex doctor kind of, stays the doctor right we've said that before mm. you feel like with him that's particularly the case um because he was pretty he was pretty behind that thing around the 50th anniversary special wasn't he the the five-ish doctor's reboot yeah well people were um sharing anecdotes of uh, you know, today well, it being peter davison's 70th birthday of um of, of you know times they'd met Peter Davison and so on and I, I contributed my own which was uh when it was the 50th the day after the 50th there was that big sort of Doctor Who celebration um and they were doing round table interviews with uh the, the, I think it was Peter Davison and Colin Baker and, and Sylvester McCoy um and I opened my interview with with Peter by saying Peter obviously last night you know on aired on BBC One uh or aired on you know it went out to the to the public rather uh a spectacular emotional and funny doctor who special the five-ish doctors reboot and uh and, and he enjoyed that he, i got i got a laugh out of him which i was which i was happy about but yeah um yeah five-ish doctors reboot actually that's a really good example of something he he did so, you know more or less off his own back and and, mm. and made and like i think that that the reason that that um you know whatever you want to call it that kind of comedy short is so beloved of fans is because it is very funny, but it's also kind of shot through with affection for, for the show. Um, and I think that speaks to how, I think you can surmise at least that that speaks to how Peter Davison feels about Doctor Who is that he does have this real affection for it, um, but always has a sense of humor um, about it certainly as well. I mean, I, you make, I, this is making me want to go back and watch that again, because I'm very fond of that of that little uh, of that yeah. little thing. I mean, I just remember like John Barrowman's in it and they get Paul McGann and they, they literally get everybody, don't they? I mean, Matt Smith's That's in it very briefly. They film him in a corridor to so go like, hello. Yeah, no, Jenna Coleman's in it. Olivia, <laughs> Olivia Coleman is in it. Bizarrely. Um, there's, a, there's a little, there's a little prologue with Olivia Coleman and Sean Pertwee. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just Peter Davison sort of flicking through his um, celebrity pal Rolodex and getting absolutely everyone involved. 
um yeah yeah no that's uh that's a lot of fun i do really like it and like you said it kind of it does just show his kind of like connection to it and it's also like he's very aware of like his position in the fandom you know he's very aware of like what people think of the former doctors and kind of like what the fans want to see i think mm. like i'd like do you know what i mean like as in like some some actors who star in a tv show wouldn't necessarily be that connected to the fans or at least not well enough to know the sort basically to be kind of one of them and to know the sort of thing they'd be interested in mm. a lot of doctor who actors are um not all of them but quite a few yeah. you know, like you'd say you'd say, you'd say similarly about like probably john barrowman today you know like where they're just like we're always giving back alex kington to an extent always kind of interacting with people very aware very connected um but you do really feel that with him as well like it really stands out. Um, so obviously we've said I am not the biggest uh, Fifth Doctor expert and some of our listeners might not be either. Um, and you touched on a couple of things, but I was wondering if there's any top tips, Morgan's top tips, uh, must watch Fifth Doctor stories. Yeah, so I think if we're going, if we're looking at the three series um, and considering, you know, let's take a let's take a standout story from each of, of his three series. I do think um, Earthshock, is the one to go for from from the first season, season nineteen, um, which is the penultimate story of that that season. We've given away the big twist. Sorry, um, that that Adric dies, and I'll give away the other big twist now. There are Cybermen in it. What? Um, <laughs> but that's just a, a really kind of fantastic uh, dynamic story. It's this kind of sci-fi action blockbuster, but with but as I say, really makes the most of have of. It's a story that you can't imagine any other doctor uh taking the place of the fifth doctor and i think that oh that always says a lot about you know a lot of the time each doctor's best stories are ones where you can't easily imagine swapping out another doctor because it only right. really it only really works with them um like let's let's say um human nature family of blood to take a random example um you know you could do it with other doctors and you know, it was initially a Seventh Doctor story when it was a when it was a novel, but actually, the reason I think it works so well having John Smith be so kind of human and vulnerable is because it's such a contrast to the brash, um, super you know uber confident Tenth Doctor. And I think similarly, Earthshock um, is a story that really works best. The peril of Earthshock um, works best with the Fifth Doctor. Like it, if it was the Fourth Doctor. You would you kind of have a sense that everything's going to be okay, um, and and you don't have that so much with with Doctor Number Five. So that's a that's a real uh, real thrilling story. Uh, I think if you're looking at, I mean, it's not technically part of season twenty, but let's throw it in there. I think the Five Doctors, of course, is a great play. Actually, weirdly, it's even though it's very sort of continuity heavy, um, I know a lot of people who uh, Doctor Who fans who say it was the first story they watched or one of the first stories they watched. Um, I don't know if that's because it was the first story ever released on DVD. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but um, it kind of gives you a bit of an overview of, obviously it's Richard Herndon, not William Hartnell, but it does give you an overview of the first five Doctors, an overview of many of the monsters, of the companions. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those ones where it doesn't, it doesn't hold up, the plot probably doesn't hold up to a great deal of scrutiny, but it's just an enormous amount of fun, um, the five Doctors. So that's, that's a good one. That's a nice follow-up to the slightly more uh, gritty earth shock um and then going back to the gritty um i think you have to give a shout out in his final season to, to the caves of androzani which is his his final story and you know talking about the fact he only did two years three series um peter davison has talked a lot about how when he read the scripts for caves of androzani he was like ah 
have I <laughs> have I made a mistake here? Because it was, you know, in his opinion, it was so good that he was like, actually, if I, you know, if not to, you know, denigrate any of the scripts that had come before, but he was like, if I was doing stories like this every week, um, I would have stuck around for a fourth year or fifth year. Um, and, you know, that's a story that's often hailed as one of the best Doctor Who stories, if not the best Doctor Who story of all time. You know, it's certainly of the um, of the classic run. I I have to say, I, I personally, and I maybe, you know, hunted down for this, but I, I it's it's one that I I have mixed feelings about because it's so dark. It's so it's very, very grim, that story. And I think if you're if you're after a bit of Doctor Who escapism, um, it's maybe not the one. Um, I think, yeah, stick to five doctors, but um, certainly like it's a really uh, terrifically written story by Robert Holmes, some amazing guest performances. And I think pretty confidently you can say it's Peter Davison's best performance as well. Like, you know, he goes out, he goes out strong. I think he he really responds to the strength of the scripts. Um, And yeah, a, a really, really, really strong performance. So those, those would be the three, I'd suggest uh, if, if you're if you're a, a, a Peter Davison beginner, Earthshock, Five Doctors, Caves of Androzani. There you go, very handy. I mean, it sounds like he went out on a high, right? Like leave him wanting more. Mm. Don't don't like you know if he had maybe if he had stayed around for another year, he wouldn't have ended on such a strong story. And like the sort of slight thing of like, ah, oh, could he have done a bit more? Could he have kept on? You know, could he have kept on at that level? Just isn't there in the same way. Um, you know, you kind of just you just you, you you keep that nice uncertainty about what might have been and then you get big finish to see him do lots of stuff anyway um so yeah i mean happy birthday peter davison thanks for all the doctor who episodes and conventions <laughs> and things uh we really appreciate it we didn't get you anything uh, apart from this podcast uh, which, the shower you know, of praise That's imagine if got, someone yeah. got you a podcast about them for, for your birthday <laughs> i mean or for that yeah i mean what a nightmare i mean don't don't get any ideas if you're listening at home um, but what do you think, uh, listeners at home, or, you know, you can be in gardens now, last time I checked, uh, you know, listeners at home or in gardens, but outside still, um, are you a big fan of Peter Davison, uh, or are you, you know, now interested, based on Morgan's recommendations, in checking out some Fifth Doctor stories? Um, and yeah, you know, if you are an old school fan of Peter Davison, what are your favourite stories? Uh, do you agree with our selection, or do you think people should check out some others? Please let us know in the comments. Um, were you probably listen to this on YouTube, uh, but we also have it hosted on RadioTimes.com, which is our website, hence the name of the podcast. And also it's on uh, things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and iTunes, I don't know, it's on lots of things. Uh, you can, you know where you're listening to it, I don't know why I tell you this, you're already listening to me. If you weren't, that would be weird, unless you're just in the room with me and trying to find out where you can hear me talk again, but I don't think you are, I hope you're not. Anyway, uh, thanks very much for listening to us talk on. Uh, I've been Hugh. I've been Morgan. And neither of us has been...